What's up guys, my name is Dan Boy. I'm a billboard charting artist. I'm from Honolulu, Hawaii. I currently live in Los Angeles. Welcome to The Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, first off, how did you get your name? <laughs> it's not as magical as it seems, but uh, I basically... Um, do you know the Kendrick Lamar, the rapper? I do. So Kendrick Lamar had an album called Damn. And I just remember seeing the, the the words on his album just like, you know, really big up front. And I really liked it. And then at the time, um, The Weeknd had a song called Starboy or like little, maybe a little bit before then. And I just kind of combined the two together. It's like, oh, OK, damn boy, you know, you know, people say it, but I've never seen an artist with that name. And so I went on Spotify to see if anyone had that name and no one had that name. So I just kind of ran with it, which is kind of rare because there's so many names being taken already. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, I, I moved around a lot. So even though I had I had a I have an older brother and younger brother as well growing up. But when you move around a lot, you, you know, just play video games, listen to music, <laughs> you know, just consume things like that. So music was very, I guess, special in my life. My parents listened to music all the time. So I was always into music. Um, but. I actually started getting into playing music like eighth grade. I started picking up the classical guitar. But you yeah. obviously um, have a, a very different um, trajectory from classical music. You know, you got into, I would say more, it's hip hop, right? Your vocals are, are hip hop based, are, are, are not hip hop, but R&B, right? Yeah, I would say that I can, I can see some R&Bness. I don't know. I just sing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I do like, pop like i guess you want to you can call it alternative pop just means like different pop but yeah you know i i grew up listening to different things and um especially being from white uh playing a lot of bars and weddings you kind of have to learn hundreds of songs you know and remember them just if somebody requests them off the bat you just have to play it so and and how did you get into the whole music scene in hawaii i feel like growing up in hawaii especially you know i'm this is like pre TikTok and everything else and the internet. Um, you just kind of have to like figure out how do I perform in Hawaii, you know, and Hawaii is a very touristy place and it's a lot of bars and weddings and stuff. Um, yeah. You just kind of end up getting to that point of like, Oh, you know, open mic. And then it's like, you start playing a bar and they pay you and you're like, Oh wow. Like I'm getting paid to play covers and stuff, you know, and all the greats did it. I mean, you know, Bruno Mars did it. Yeah. Yeah, everyone. I actually went to the same high school as Bruno Mars. Which high school is that? Uh, Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Did you, he's yeah. a little older than you, though, right? Yeah, he's older than me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever run into him performing in the early years, or was he much? No, I mean he he was he was like yeah more older than me. Um, his little sister though was my classmate. And and was he blown up at that time when you were going to school? No, though? no. I think he blown he blown up later later on. Yeah, and and yeah. what did performing in honolulu really teach you oh man it teaches you a lot i think uh i mean first knowing that that industry the whole bar like playing bar gigs and weddings very competitive in hawaii because oh, it's really? also an island it's an island you know like everybody kind of wants that spot right so you you end up learning have to having to be really good at what you do um you know they're as far as the bar gigs there are guys who are 
loopers. They'll like make a beat out of the guitar and record themselves loop. And then there are guys like me. I didn't really loop. I just kind of played my guitar and sang. But you had to kind of be really, really good at what you did or have a special thing that you did to kind of really stand out. And what was the special thing that you did that made you stand out? I think for me, it was just my voice. It's just like singing, actually, like, you know, singing the harder songs and stuff and belting. That's, I feel like that's my specialty. Yeah. No, you have a, you have a tremendous voice. You have a, a very dynamic uh, range and, you know, it's very impressive. But how do you pick the songs that you're picking while you're doing the Honolulu gigs? You know, when you go out, you kind of just hear the stuff. So like, in Hawaii, we have our, you know, local, like, kind of big songs, so that those are the ones that you learn, right? Um, and then you... Like what? What what songs do you learn? What are the big uh, songs? So, I, all the, you know, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Brother Is, um, you know, there's groups like Kalohe Kai, there's groups like The Green, um, a bunch of Bob Marley songs, you know, just, just like the reggae classics, you know, and then, um, yeah, just kind of the oldies you have temptations stevie wonder those kind of things and then you know more of the newer stuff like bruno mars and whatever is new at the time just to yeah your 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 spectrum of songs has to be that broad like in order to play gigs because you have somebody who you know come up and be like hey can i hear this song and then you know try to play it yeah that it's such a departure from your style of music today no yeah i mean you know it's funny i i think um for me as an artist, I I, lo I love all different types of music. And so for making music for me is easy, but hard to decide what I choose to release. Cause yeah, I, I like, I, I do hear like some things, sounds and influence that I had from Hawaii, you know? And I think for the longest time I try to like push away, but now that I, you know, you get older, you're like, Oh, but you know, that's, that's where I'm from. What, where I push it away. You know? Yeah. It's beautiful stuff, right? Yeah. Now when, you are coming up in the Honolulu scene, the music scene. At what point do you start to go, I want to go and take this beyond this, uh, the gigs that I'm doing right now. I, I, I want to walk us to how you get to chart on Billboard. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny how life works. Um, so basically... Uh, I moved to LA in 2000, well, like December 2015, and at the time I had was doing a long distance relationship with someone, and she was living in Hawaii, I was living in LA, um, and I kind of was just like living, you know, a life. I was doing music here and there, but I wasn't really as focused. I was just kind of living. It's like an island boy in a city now, like you know, just ex experiencing life and, and such. Um, but she ended up getting sick in October of 2017 and she had no family in Hawaii so I I basically packed all my stuff I moved back to Hawaii to take care of her and um I was just kind of like man I'm like I'm back you know I did all the the gigs all the all the things that you know I wanted to do in Hawaii and um I was like okay you know what I'm here um I don't know if you know too but uh reggae is like the number one genre in Hawaii I didn't know so that. If you go to Hawaii, it's it's all reggae on the radio stations and stuff. Um, and the one cool thing about Hawaii is that they have um, kind of major and local radio stations that promote uh, reggae local artists from Hawaii, which is, I think is beautiful because not a lot of places nowadays have that like on the radio, like you know that that'll just play 
artists from where you are you know yeah. everything is so like um saturated now so i thought it was cool so i was like you know what i'm back in hawaii and i basically just you know i was like i'm just gonna you know see what happens and i basically created damn boy and i released my first song how high which was like a reggae pop song and i knew somebody at the time that could help me get it on a radio station so i ended up going through that person got it on the radio station and then it just ended up doing well organically and uh i didn't really know anything about radio you know um and i had to learn a lot but basically that did number it went number one on that station in a month and then that station was kind of like the main reggae station in hawaii so it kind of trickles down to the other ones and so when that happened, a month later, I crossed over to the pop stations in Hawaii. And then after a month later, I had, I had the number one song in Hawaii. And then, um, which is really crazy. And then I met my ex-manager. I met my manager at the time. And he was a, kind of like a radio DJ from New York. And um, basically, we just kind of like, instead of, it was already doing well in Hawaii. So we, now we pushed it out to like California and chicago and and such so i think i think it was like january of 2019 i hit 94 on billboard with that song that's a big accomplishment right for thank you yeah, yeah. for some i mean literally a, a year or two before that unknown and you know it wasn't like you it didn't sound like you'd been grinding it out for 10 years you you know you basically wrote something put it together got play a huge play in honolulu in your hometown and the next minute you're 94th on the on the billboard the, billboard charts yeah it, it it feels like i didn't do the grind but i did yeah. <laughs> like for about all the gigs and stuff <laughs> yeah. oh, okay yeah yeah but but i guess what i meant is like writing producing um putting all of that material uh original material yeah yeah, uh, um, it's kind of crazy how life works. Like, I've always been a songwriter, I, I guess, but um, I learned a lot, for, you know, like production and mixing and mastering through that song. Uh, I, I made that song with my friend Ronnie. Um, I mean, you learn a lot, like, radio game is so different. Nobody really does radio anymore, too, you know? It's all about streaming. So especially around that time, there was a transition from like radio being number one to like streaming now it's like spotify and stuff so i had to learn that you know and it's just music is always changing it every year i feel like there's a new like something you know and then a year later it was like tiktok it's like it just well, keeps transforming like what what's the difference between the radio game and the streaming game well i think now so if you were going to do radio and there's different types of radio, right? Of course there's online radio. There's like, there's major radio and then there's like local radio and all those things. Um, I think for a musician, radio is still a cool way to kind of get your songs out. Um, but the route that I did it, it costs money, you know, um, nobody wants to say this, but it's, it's some type of form of payola because like radio is all about commercial time. Right. So, you know, when you, when you hear like, some auto company commercial, they had to pay to get on that spot, right? So it's similar in a way, not to say that, you know, in Hawaii was very beautiful because those those stations supported uh, local artists. So you didn't have to pay, you know, you had a good song, you knew how to push it, people requested it, it happens like that. But 
in order for you to do a radio campaign, yeah, it's something you have to like put your money into it. I mean, you know, song has to be great. You can't, yeah, <laughs> you know. But, but yeah. what does that look like when you say you have to put money into it? I mean, I've heard Taylor Swift in the early years had to put her parents put a lot of money into, yeah, you know, pay to play, right? What does yeah. that look like? Because I can imagine just because you have money doesn't mean that you're going to break through to a radio station. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was grateful to have already the backing of Hawaii and having that like number one. So it was easier to push um, that song, you know. So, I mean, I, I didn't have to pay anything like ridiculously crazy, you know, but you have to do something. And, and you know, of course, like interviews and stuff like I'm not from at the time, like L.A. So I had to like go to L.A., drive here, 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 did interviews, you know, and such. And that, that also costs money, you know. Uh, got it. But do you have to actually pay a person or a radio station for pay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can and you... it's still the same. This It's Wait. still like a radio budget. I'm sorry. Can you talk about that? I mean, is it kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's, there's, it's a little bit, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's just radio DJs. Right. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to always be money. It can be like, just like like uh because my my, man, my uh, manager at the time was a radio dj so he knew radio djs to to spin the song you know there's different tactics on how to get songs out and it, and it goes to the same thing for streaming i think streaming from when it was kind of like swiss spotify let's talk about spotify because spotify is different from most streaming platforms because they show numbers of how many streams to the public right when you go on itunes and apple they don't show it so there's definitely been ways to get your songs out and there's been like you know the people don't really do it anymore but like pay like pay some system to grow your numbers and all that's debunked and fake now but like there was a period of time where people have had to learn that you know in the streaming kind of like knowledge of where we're at from then to now you know um but streaming's different now like streaming before was more free and open until labels figured out how to have their hands in streaming companies and such and yeah that's just how it is yeah uh, i have so many questions about this like the difference between radio and streaming because i can't imagine why radio is still around because if i want to hear yeah. your song i'm just going to go to a streaming service why would i call in to request it anymore yeah well nobody nobody really requests anymore um i, I just I mean, I, I haven't done radio since then, right? It's been a while, but it, it is a different game now. I mean, I think now I don't know why anyone would go to radio. And if you did, it, it's because you have, you're already a big artist. You have a huge song and you're just kind of solidifying it through another, I guess, streaming type of way, you know? And it's it's kind of a, I, I'd see radio as more like PR as well. Right, right. You know, you kind of like, Put it on there hopefully let's say it does well but you go on that station you do interview like you know when i think about guys like lewis capaldi or steven sanchez you know these guys it feels like they came from the TikTok era you know you put your song cut it up a million different ways on TikTok and these streaming not the streaming but these uh social media platforms and it takes off and then eventually they get into the radio side of the mainstream terrestrial radio and yeah you know, that, that seems like a, a, a common trajectory nowadays, but it still seems like you need the radio component to kind of blow up. 
you, yeah, I, I, you can call it radio or you can call it like TikTok viral or something. You, you definitely need things to push your song. It's easier now because of TikTok and other, like, you know, YouTube or whatever, just to kind of, you know, put yourself out. But, you know, if you if you go back in like 90s, 80s, early 2000s, we just only had radio, right, to really get your song out. And, you know, on a local independent level, you would just like get your song to the local DJ. Hopefully he spins it, things like that. And I feel like we are living in a better time being an artist because you can just release mm -hmm. everything yourself. But it's also oversaturated, right? Yeah. I think um, it's funny. People, people say like, oh, there's so many more artists now. And I don't think there's so many more artists now. I just think the freedom is more there. So you're seeing more artists like release, right? Um, and you don't think back then, you don't think there's I mean, I, I think there may be maybe a little bit more, but I think, you know, back then you, you, you didn't know every local band, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't be impossible. So I think now you're, you can know every local band now. That's the difference, you know, with streaming and Instagram and algorithms like if you live in la you probably will see more la things on your instagram or whatever you know when i listen to your music and when people listen to your music there's no distinction between you and somebody who's made it at the top in terms of quality nice. I, I i listen to what you've done and i'm like there's no difference in the quality that you've put out whether you've mastered it uh in in your own home studio or You've mixed it in your own way. I, I really can't tell the difference as a lay person. I can't tell what's going on anymore. The quality is so high. What is the sort of process to get you from where you are, damn boy, to a, to becoming a household name at this point? <laughs> uh, man, I mean, I'm, I'm still independent. Um, it's hard to say. I feel like for me, I would, I really have to like go harder on TikTok and mm. just kind of align my social medias a little bit better. Um, wait, you wait. Know, and, and, Let, let's stop right there. Knowing that, why are you not doing it? I'm just, I, I'm, I'm doing it. I mean, there, there, there are, um, there are ways to do it better. I mean, TikTok is a little different from the other apps. TikTok, I can just flood the gates, right? And then the other apps, they they all have different algorithms. It's not always the more the better on, like, let's say, uh, for instance, Instagram. Like, I can't, it's not really good to post, like, I'd say three things a day. Things like that you kind of learn because it's just like, there's no focus, right? Instagram is, it, it, yeah, I mean, it could be like a little, like, just scroll kind of app, but it's, not, it's more curated than it is for TikTok. TikTok is more like a scrolling, like, it's like TV on steroids, you know, while Instagram is, it is a little bit of it on Instagram, but it is also more like, it's more curated. Like if some, somebody likes what I do, they go on my page and then my page is a little more curated, right? They kind of see who I am, but TikTok, it's not really like that. It's just, it's about videos and, and content, you know? Yeah. yeah. So going back to you, damn boy versus damn boy as a household name, what does that entail? I think for me, yeah, I mean, definitely, like I said, like go hard on social media a little bit more or a lot more and um, just playing shows. I, I started playing more shows lately and, and you know, releasing more music um, and collabing. Um, I am I have two more shows before the year ends um, and then trying to book more for next year. 
and, and things like that, you know, um, it's kind of hard to, to, to pinpoint what makes an artist. Cause even like you said, um, what's his name? Steven Sanchez, like no one really knew him until that, that really big hit song. And I'm pretty sure, you know, he, the grind and like getting up there until it hits the point, you know, but, um, it's hard to say. And also like, you know, careers are all different even at the top levels they all like everybody's career and and what they want to do in life is different so i mean to for me like as long as i make the art that i make and make a living at at, at you know at least and i'm happy like you know but if it goes like like you said louis capaldi that's like a dream you know yeah 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 i i don't see a difference between you and louis capaldi and and steven sanchez i mean it's like it's all like uh um, yeah, the quality is definitely there. And I, I'm curious about what it takes to go because the, you're, you're, and I don't mean this as an insult, but it's, yeah. your music is very mainstream, you know? Yeah, it, it, and, and, and I'll bring in another thing. Um, Timbaland commented on this, uh, on your music in a TikTok, uh, yeah. sec, correct? So yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm validated in what I'm saying because I, I've, I've heard it and I'm like, you know, your managers reached out and I'm like, yes, this is uh, an artist that I, I find so fascinating because you're Vietnamese and you're um, in the music industry, which we don't have a lot of Vietnamese music in the mainstream industry. So I want to see what your thoughts are on where you go from here to Louis Capaldi and Steven Sanchez level, because it's all like viral at the at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely takes a lot because even even when you go viral, let's say you have a few viral things, it's maintaining that virality that's yeah. actually more difficult. I feel like you know, so like you know, I think I think artists get asked this all the time too. It's like blah 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 this and that, but it's it's just been trying to maintain your personal happiness with your art and trying to make a living. I I feel like you know if you can do that and just progress, then you'll see like you you'll eventually kind of get to those levels because. You know, I think what's worse than becoming like huge and you know, viral is that when you, you hit that, but you're not ready. And it's not mean means like you're not ready skillful wise. It's like personally you're not ready or like, you know, it's like many other things because, you know, I'm I moved to L.A. to do music and stuff um, and I, I have no family here, <laughs> you know, so that's like something that I had to like get used to and like be ready because also, you know, when you're at that huge level and you go on these like two to three year tours, like, you know, it's draining. It, it can be spiritually, physically draining. So it's baby steps, I feel like, you know, to get to that level and uh, to be able to execute that. Yeah, because it's an interesting skill wise. I think you're there, you know, um, but to hear yeah. this other side of it, of being ready, like spiritual and, and you know, psychologically ready for all of that. Are you ready yeah. for all of that? I think I am now. Um, this, this, these past two years, and I, especially you know during the lockdown, like I think you, I think everyone has learned a lot about themselves, right? It's about like I, I learned a lot about what I want in life, especially with music and stuff. I, I put too much time away, so you know, and like just kind of like grinded on music, and I like well, during the lockdown, I've noticed that like I really didn't really focus on family family and relationships and my health and in the past two years I've been trying to do that so I'm ready now I feel like um 
to get to that point for sure. Can you walk me through the process of creating music for you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've kind of had a way of doing things, but I've recently kind of like trying to change it up. Um, it's there's really no way for me. I feel like I have lyrics, I have concepts and then, or I just kind of like freestyle melody. Sometimes I'll just write it on the guitar. Sometimes I write it on the beat. Um, I really like to collab with friends. So I usually do that, but I try to keep it as fresh as possible just because I don't know, for me as an artist, it's, it's very weird to say, like, I think a lot of people like, especially younger kids trying to write things to just have it to be catchy. Right. But for me, it's like, yes, I, I want that. Everyone wants a, a hit song. Like I need to feel attachment to it. And that's why I try to change things up to, to find attachment to art instead of just like, Oh, this is a good song, you know? Cause at the end of the day, I have to perform it. Like I have to promote it. I have to sit there and listen to it. You know, like, the, the amount of times that like I've listened to whatever I'm going to release is insane. You know what I'm saying? Like, like from the process of creating it, writing it, uh, recording it, mixing it, mastering it. And then now like, you know, have to do content. It's so I, I need to have an attachment to the song. And, and how do you even know yeah, that? So I, I try to have. Yeah. But how do you I'm even sorry? know you have an attachment to a song? You wrote it. It's your baby. And you're saying yeah. that, let's say you finish something and you just like look at it and you're like, I'm bored of this. I don't connect to it anymore. So at what point does that true solid attachment happen? And how do you know when it does happen? Yeah, I think uh, I've, everyone has a different reason of why they make music, right? So I think for me at this point in my life, what excites me is doing something different doing something where I think no one's really doing. That's one aspect. Lyrically too, I think it needs to fit the emotion of what I'm going through what I, and I want to portray. And then also because I'm, I'm a vocalist. So like I try and push myself vocally and that excites me as well. So I think when I hit those kind of three things, um, it helps me to get like, not get bored of the song. Got it. You know, but it, it's a love and hate relationship. Like, you know, my, my, it's, you know, my first song as Dan Boy, like that hit Billboard, like I had a love and hate relationship with it. You know, I think a lot of artists with their like biggest songs, they have love and hate relationships because it's like, you know, it grows to be something so big and, you know, grateful for it. But also as artists, you, you, you grow spiritually, you grow, you grow. But then, you know, sometimes you get older and then you look back and like, oh, I appreciate that song now, again, you know? It's it's weird. It's like, yeah, songs are weird. <laughs> what what was the name of that first song that charted? Uh, it's called How High. How High. And yeah, when you think about replicating that situation with How High, is it hard? I have friends that tell me this all the time because when that song did well, I kind of like left Hawaii, like right after, just kind of push in, live, and I just ended up moving to LA, like right after, and a lot. A lot of my friends who do music in Hawaii was like, man, you know, you should have like stayed in Hawaii and kept doing reggae, like, and you know, you could have like blew that that up more, the reggae pop kind of stuff. And I and honestly, I, I really believe that I could because writing songs is not 
it's not hard for me. Like I kind of eat, breathe, live writing music. But I think to get that virality with a different genre that I'm doing, which is more pop, I think it is a little bit more harder. But yeah, especially with the way, because I mean, that, that, that song came out 2018. So like from then on to now, like technology now, it's like, yeah, it gets it gets easier to do things. It's so funny. It gets easier to do things, but it gets harder to, to like do things as well. Got right. It. But now that you're like, you know, now I have to like it's like TikTok streaming Spotify. And then now there's AI. It's like whatever, like I said, like every year in music, there's something that affects music in a crazy way where you have to kind of learn, you know, it's almost like when I think about warfare, right? Like warfare out in the battlefield has gotten so sophisticated for the United States, but then people who are going up against the US, like China, is also creating sophisticated weapons. So it's like, it's like, yeah. as you're getting better as a musician and your music is getting better, there's more musicians, there's more people doing bigger and better things as a result of the same tools that you're using. With the people in the, you know, like bigger people, bigger artists, they have a full team and they have labels and they have. And then I'm just me and my manager right now, you know? So, I mean, at the end of the day, there's no excuse on getting your things out, you know, your music and, and who you are and sharing that. And I think for me, um, what I've kind of learned and gone through, especially during the pandemic, it's like, I learned, I had to learn how to deal with my anxieties and share things, which is so funny because like, you know, when you, when you look back at like big artists back in the day, the only thing you kind of heard from them is interviews, right? You didn't really, like, they didn't do content. They, you know, they're very mis mysterious people. And I think that created the godlike status on certain artists like Kurt Cobain. That's why people worship everything he does, right? So I had to kind of get used to, like, sharing little, like, me, you know? It's not about the music anymore. It's people want to see, like... A cult of personality. Yeah, which is, it's... I feel like there's a... it's. It's a pros and cons to that, you know, but that's that's what it is now, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. They wanted to get to know everything about you. That's, I think, the difference between, you know, Kurt Cobain or, you know, Keith Richards or Jim Morrison, you know, back in yeah. the day, these were gods and they, you know, very little is actually known yeah. or things were made up about them or, you know, we we create myths about their who they were. Yeah. Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix and these people are people that are existing in our minds as people who don't walk the earth. Yeah. But yeah. today we want to know everything about the weekend and, you know, we get to see him think out loud and we want to see damn boy yeah. think out loud. We want to hear what you had for breakfast, you know, yeah. the weekend actually, uh, you know, he, he came out in a different era. So I feel like artists that were pre TikTok and that are big, like, get to don't have to do that because they've kind of built something so like the weekend you know the weekend has been a little bit better he he's, he did interviews he he was known to not do interviews at all oh you're right he was very yeah That's very secretive people. yeah so he he has a very mysteriousness to him still but yeah i mean you know like other artists it's just like constant content i mean you know artists on a, the, that bigger level too have complained about it and labels just want them to do content but it makes sense though it's like it's free. Content is free. You can literally just like 
you know, it takes a lot, like just to do really good content and also have to make music and blah, blah, blah. But like, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's free. Like, I think that's why labels like want it out. Like, Hey, you have a TikTok, promote it, promote it. Like, yep. you know, did, did you go to school for uh, vocals or, or music or was it sort of things that you just picked up um, as a journeyman along the way in Honolulu? <laughs> um, I, it's probably more of the journeyman, but I did take a semester in college. Uh, I went to like a community college. I didn't know what, what I wanted to do. I wanted to do music, but, you know, Hawaii at the time, it was like, you know, we didn't have internet the way we have it now. So um, I took a semester. Um I really learned, you know, how to like, I guess what I learned from that semester was like really how to learn, use my diaphragm to sing. But it's just like my voice though is basically like singing at bars and weddings and stuff. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's interesting where, you know, when I think about sometimes when you have too much training, it can inhibit sort of your, your flow and it can inhibit the way you sing or, or play you know, instruments. And a lot of the times you, you think about artists and musicians where they have very little training, but they've just built up so much repertoire and the, the different songs and it creates their own persona in the, in the styles that they do. Yeah. Um, it's, it, yeah. Art is funny, right? You could go to school for art, but you're not learning how to create. You just learn what somebody else did. Right. So I think for me, it like, when I, when I picked up the guitar um, around eighth grade, I learned a lot of like classical flamenco stuff. And that, I was learning a lot of jazz, too, which is funny, you know, when you're that young, you're, you know, there's, you're not listening to that stuff. But I did because I picked up the guitar. But um, it, it's really when I got into The Cure, which is my favorite band and wow. bands in general. Yeah, I actually, then I started learning songs, but then I got to a point of just like, stop learning like i think in music and creating anything you have to learn of course but you got to also stop learning you know which is they don't teach you they don't teach you that interesting you just you just create because yeah you you are seeing a lot of um influx of like especially with social media kids just emulating and they're just copying and copying and copying right because that's what society is telling you to do this is what success looks like so do that and you know, not to say there's no originality, but I feel like there's less because of the oversaturation of information. And I think kids need to learn how to like stop learning, create, you know, make mistakes. Like, how are you going to know who you are if you don't make a mistake, you know? So for me, it was years of that, you know, years of writing on the guitar and then years of just learning how to produce and write to that. And I'm still learning, you know, I'm still learning who I am. Yeah, it's it's not like we get to read a whole lot about you um, by going through your Instagram or or looking you up. You know, it's a it's a very interesting dynamic for somebody like me to learn about an unknown artist because I try to like, you know, make judgments or try not to make judgments on, you know, your previous history. But there's no other way to learn about who you are unless I go and do the the work. But yeah. what I what I what 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 what's a head scratcher to me sometimes is, you know, when you put out a song and, you know, I listen to it, I'm like, Oh, that's some like radio mainstream level quality. Uh, I I'm, I'm intrigued on how you got there. And, you know, as, as the onion layers are the, the peel, you know, we're peeling back the, the yeah. layers of all of this. It's really about the reps. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just Honolulu, the bar scene and the gigs and, 
years and years of doing that over and over and over again allows you the the power and the freedom to kind of just do your own style now. Yeah. It's a lot of time. I mean, I, you know, I commend artists that blow up like at a really young age without the help, you know, uh, it shows that they've for one been listening. I think great artists listen, you know, and learning when to just do your own thing. It's kind of, it's funny. Like I I'm, I'm a pop artist, but I, I think spiritually I said, like I'm, I view doing music as very punk. Oh, wow. You know, like just kind of do it. Um, it's, and it's very hard because of just social media. It's like, Oh, this person's successful. So you have to do it that way. But I'm, I'm kind of learning now. It's like, just do you like, so much stuff it's impossible to to be doing the same thing like just do your own thing and also you know i'm vietnamese like i can't do something like this person who's not you know i'm saying like i have to do what what makes sense for me as a vietnamese american it's different you know and i mean there's also politics in music nobody really wants to talk about you know let's talk about that what do you mean by that (laughs) um i mean it's changing which is great but you know I'm, i'm an american I'm an Asian American male, like in, in a predominant white and black industry. Right. And there's some journeys to that too, you know, and and I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying I have a different journey than they, they do. So I can't be emulating. I can learn, but I can't be copying. Like I have to. I agree with you. I I agree, but I want to know what that dynamic is for an Asian or Vietnamese American man coming into the mainstream music industry. Because if you are a black person yeah. and you are singing and creating the way you do, yeah, I think the optics might be different, right? Yeah. yeah. It might be. I, I don't know, but it, it might be. No, I know. I think it is different. And I, and I think it's good that it's different because we have different upbringings, right? So to, to showcase that through, you know, who you are and through music is, is amazing. Like, you know, um, I think... You know, as a Vietnamese and Asian American male, now it is it is a better time than it was before, you know, because of the influence of K-pop, right? And I think for the past couple years, I'd say like five years, the, the, the rise of K-pop, it's been very interesting. I think for people who are Asian Americans who kind of like see that, I think there's a like and then see me at the time like i guess years before they didn't know how to like identify the you know like kind of like smush you in the category of k-pop and i've had conversations with friends uh, artists asian american artists about this before but I, it's different now i think um k-pop is still a big big genre and i think now asian americans are ready to listen to asian artists like that are not Korean or that are Korean, but like maybe Korean American, you know, it's, it's, it's changing. So, which is great. And it's changing with the help of companies like 88 rising. Yeah, um, definitely 88 rising. Um, and, you know, like, especially artists that even on in there, like Keshi who's Vietnamese, Tui who's Vietnamese, you know? Um, and then uh, there's, you know, other artists who have you no know, dementia. He's also Vietnamese. Um, yeah, it's just 
takes artists like like me and them and just to kind of like do yeah. it right like it's really no other way i mean um yeah 88 rising is amazing and I, there's other companies too that are like 88 would, would you ever uh consider playing at an 88 rising concert i would love to <laughs> yeah I, lo I love what they do i love um, and and what's stopping that from happening at your level because you are good enough i if, let me be let me be frank i think you're yeah. better than a lot of the oh, god i hope you. i don't get crucified for saying oh no, you're gonna get me crucified i know i, I, I mean kinda, you know art subjective trouble, i mean but, but it's just frankly i i think you belong up that stage what is the the, the what what's the hold up what like what needs to happen for you to get to that point yeah, I just I just have to you know just build my career a little bit more, perform more live, which I'm I'm doing now, and just yeah, social media, social media, social media. It's basically yeah, so, build. So that's all right. So that's the key to all this, right? It's the key to what I do. It's the key to what you do. It's the yeah. key to what writers do, in book writing, film writing. It's really about the eyeballs and the impressions, right? Yeah, it's about yeah. the consumption or the need for consumption of what we do yeah and how to get that and how to leverage these eyeballs is really the key because sometimes yeah. you know you look at the 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 content and sometimes it's not there it's not the quality is not there yeah. but sometimes you see high quality but the eyeballs and the impressions are not there so yeah the whole key to this game is how do you prove that you have all the impressions and the eyeballs on your content yeah, I think for me, I mean, so I'm, I've been working on my EP right now. So I, I dropped one song off the EP and it's just, I think it's just a build, you just build and build and build and build and build and build and just don't stop. You know, uh, I think especially in this time, like even when you're not, let's say if I'm not going to be dropping something, I should just still be doing content, right? It's, it's a, it's constant. So it's, it's a lot, It you know, but it's what it takes. Like if you want, like you said, like what, what is stopping me from like 88 level, right? It's it. That's what it is. Right? That's what it's, it is. That's yeah. all it is. It's, it's not even the quality of the music. It's, it's the numbers where the yeah. bean counters at the studio level or at the event promote promotion level can go, Oh, he's got 2.2 .2 million followers. We need to get him on. The music is there. His number counts there. Let's just bring him on. And, and it's a formula. Yeah, I, and I think what I'm talking about in this area is just on an independent level because there's different levels too on how to get somewhere, right? But on my level at this moment, yeah, it's it's social media, it's playing shows. And honestly, for me, like, I don't even view it as like, oh, how do I get there? It's like, I just, at this point in my life, like, I just want to like reach people, connect with people, perform, you know, because if you do that and that's like the the bare minimum, of, I think, as being an artist, then it'll, something will happen, like, you know especially if the quality's there and the work is there, it's going to happen, you know? That's a good attitude to have because if you're enjoying what you're doing and that journey is what nurtures you, yeah. then eventually as you keep going, you just keep stacking content. You keep stacking impressions yeah. and that eventually leads to opportunities. And, and I think that's like the key to all of the work that we in the creative industry do is that you just keep doing what you love to do and you develop uh, and you become better at what you do. And over time, other people start to latch onto it with their eyeballs and that translates into invitations. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that's the only thing you could do. I mean, being in art, it's like, 
it's a roller coaster ride. It's like up and down, up and down. So it's like, you know, you you came into the you like started doing, you know, whatever it's acting or dancing or music for that, for the art of it. Right. And you know, you can even see it at the highest level, like, you know, when you're like someone like Brad Pitt, you only take the roles that you want to take because yeah. he's he's successful. Like money, not to say money doesn't mean anything, but like he wants to do roles that he wants to do and you should be doing that from the beginning right i mean there's going to be times where you do things that you're like uh i don't know but you know mostly i think i should be doing things that i want to do as an artist you know yeah i think that's the way to success is to do the things that you want to do because otherwise that whole attachment thing that you talked about earlier is not there no yeah like yeah life's short (laughs) why are you why are you not doing what you want to be doing you know yeah but how much of all of this requires money to oh, man. what you do? It, I mean, everything. Re- I mean, you know, things require money. Like for me to get to a point of like having to make music required money to me buy an instrument, buy my speakers, buy these headphones that I'm using now, microphone. Like It takes money. Um, yeah. I mean, in music, songs are like products, right? The more money you have to, to push, that's, that's the, you know, marketing money. It's the same thing. But with TikTok, you know, you can figure that out. And I mean, it's free. It's it just depends how the videos do. But at the end of the day, they're free commercials in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It takes your time to cut yeah. and do it right. It but time. there's this, I, f- I forget the name of the artist. Um, it's a piano heavy. Uh, it's a piano heavy song. It's recent in the last year. And, you know, he played for his uh, piano teacher. Oh, uh, Jake. Jake. Jake? Yeah. That is the prime example of a TikTok viral sensation that just made it to mainstream. Yeah. I mean, I think there were steps to get to that point. I don't think it was just like that, but oh, really? yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. What what kind of steps? I mean, what- I, 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 I knew of that song before that moment, you know, so it, it wasn't just like... But see, that's how great marketing works you market something so well that people think oh i mean it did go viral more from that video of course but like you know can't disregard all the steps business-wise uh creatively performances to get to that point you know and then and then maintain it because like you know if, if jake was kind of jake was somebody before that video that you're talking about but if you know because of that, because he built this foundation and then he hit viral, then that foundation, you know, all builds together. And, and it's weird that you say that. You're like, he was somebody before that vi- viral video, but not to me, not to yeah, not, yeah. Other people, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't know that. We, it, It's like, wow, that one video changed his life. But you're, you're saying, no, 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 no. There's building blocks that he put in way yeah. before that moment. I mean, even that video, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, saying anything about the video i'm just saying you can plan those things i mean that's a pl- that was a plan in his head right oh, wow. i'm gonna show my teacher this song that's a that's that's a content plan right so you know i think and not to be jaded or anything but things in the industry may seem super organic and that's the best marketing strategy for music it's so weird that in america it's so funny that we want everything to feel organic as possible. But when you go to like, let's say Korea, Vietnam or whatever, they don't oh, care. They, don't, they care. don't care. 
They actually want the opposite. They want something so officially crafted. It's so crazy. It's it's so different. It's weird. It's a good point you bring up. But it's so interesting too to to, to hear about the story of Jake where that moment that you know his teacher uh, gets to hear it. But that guy is also really good at the amount of TikTok videos that he put yeah. out. There's yeah. so many uh, iterations of that song that went out. You know, you could see if you go back into his TikTok, you could see so many different times that he's played it. Um, I yeah. think a lot of these TikTok artists um, that have made it to mainstream radio, it's the same playbook. Yeah. They go and they 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 cut it the same uh, song up into different versions on on social media, and it allows them to to get viral uh, tracking throughout the, the 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 social media sphere. Yeah, it's so funny. He just he did he's doing a new one, and it, it's a newer song, and I I still think it's uh, related to the album. But he based his content for the, his new song was like. I think if like he was like tired of hearing that old one like golden hour so he was like oh i got a new one which is it's like another you know oh, like yeah. keeping that momentum going there, crazy. Yeah, it's like this day and age you need a, a college course or some yeah. class to analyze the new history of making music in the world it's it's not the same anymore it's not the, the same dynamics yeah. are very different yeah it's funny too because like I mean, I believe you need a hit song to go big, like like Jake Golden Hour. It's, it's an amazing song, and he's he's really really amazing. But also, like like you just said, to go viral, it's like you don't really need a good song. Right. It's just crazy to to think like in art, especially like you know, because when I when I view art and music, I try to make something, you know, as best as I can, but. I don't disregard history. You know, I, I grew up listening to all these things and I play guitar. So like I try to make something that is new and I try to make something that I like and blah, 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 blah. But if someone were to tell me, Oh, you don't really need a good song to go viral, which is crazy. It's true though. Right. You just need something that goes viral, but if it's a good song that then you're, then you're lucky. Right. But that's the power of social media nowadays. It's like you don't need yeah. gold. You don't need gold to to like sell. You need just can be anything. And you mean, can wrap it up the way it's the way you wrap it up. It's kind of crazy. I mean Doja Cat. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Doja Cat's story is crazy too. It's just all out of her computer laptop and all That's what they want you to think. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I love her. I think she's amazing, but she She's with. Uh, she has been signed with uh, this guy named Doctor Luke for the longest time, and Doctor Luke was the protege of uh, Max Martin. Max Martin produced yeah. all like over Insane in, uh, Backstreet Boys, uh, like yeah. Over in, what is it? Not Amsterdam, but uh, Sweden? Sweden. 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 Yeah. Max Martin. So yeah, I mean, um, but she's she has been doing music ever since she was young, though. So she, she like her talent is insane. Like that's she's so original. Even even when you hear a song like a new song, and you know. She, she has she'll write with other people, but you, her, her style and her sound just crosses over all that because just she's an artist, you know. It's interesting where you're like, you know, Doctor Luke. I, I had no idea because, yeah. and you're like, oh, she's been doing this as a kid. So the whole marketing of like, oh, she's just she just 
did this stuff in her own room because i always was under the impression that she just was on her laptop and created music and then all of a sudden you know it took off but you're saying there's much more construction for her career that's happened than we can see yeah i think you don't ever disregard the things that got i mean um i think what you're talking about is that song moo right when she's dressed up as like a cow yeah, yeah. so i maybe yeah I, I think maybe that one is like in her bedroom and having fun like again she's an artist and she's well capable of doing that but can't disregard all the stuff and the people yeah. she knows that to get to that point like i said if she knew no one for example and she hit virality you know and didn't like have her team she'd crumble or maybe not but i'm saying she had that that support so when she did could get to that point again i mean look at her career now she's she's she is to me in the top five greatest pop art of artists as a, an okay. art in my today today yeah and for the past three four years she's been amazing you know and her music is great so yeah you know uh Whenever I go into interview somebody who's um, relatively unknown, but with a lot of talent like you, I, I get nervous because, you know, sometimes I'll be frank. I, I don't use all of the interviews that I do. I, I, oh. you know, I, I use a, most of them, but there are interviews where I'm like, I get nervous. I'm like, I go in, I, somebody reaches out, but I always want to give the artist a chance to, so I can get to know people. Yeah. And, Today's one of those days where I'm so pleasantly surprised and I enjoyed this um, episode because, you know, beyond the talent that you show up in music, you can d digest and you can discuss music and you can talk about the mechanics and the intricacies of making it as an artist. And yeah. I do hope to see you and I do expect to see you on a mainstream stage one day, you know, I, I, and I hope it's soon because I think, um, the talent is there and, and, you know, I, I want to see Vietnamese repre representation more out in the world. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done a podcast in a while, so this is nice. Yeah. I hope you had a good time as much as I did. I, I, you know, I, I love nerding out and learning about a lot of different things and music is something that I don't know well enough. And especially modern music today, yeah. um, it's a, it's, it's, you know, I, I grew up in a classic rock era or new wave era, but um, you know, the, the stuff today, you know, Kendrick Lamar is probably where I left off when, when he started to come up, I started to, to, to drop off in, in the music world. I, it's just so much. If you like new wave, it's kind of crazy, but like it's blowing up on TikTok. New wave. The fact yeah it's 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 really crazy but, we, we are but, living in a beautiful time but but you know the thing is when i listened originally to the weekend because you know my young friends were like hey you got to hear this song it was yeah. super cool and they played that song um i i was like this is music new new, new wave, wave instrumentation all yeah, of the yeah, synth yeah. pop synth the the way that it's vocalize yeah. you know it's all brought back it's like retro new wave of, of the earlier decades of the 80s that i yeah. grew up on so now it's making a comeback and you know makes me think you know one day green day and and all of that rock music uh kurt cobain well, it did come back actually uh, oh, pop punk. well pop punk did come back for a brief moment yeah but it's Pretty not having it, it hasn't had a moment like the way new wave is having a moment now yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, for the past, I don't know, like 10, five, 10 years, like 80s comeback has been like 
crazy strong, strong. right? Strong. I don't know if if the '90s and I mean early 2000s right now is actually happening. It's coming back, so you hear a lot of like UK garage and uh, things and that such. But yeah, I don't know if it's gonna be as hard as like the synth dark, like new wave synth retroness. Because I don't know. I mean, I feel like '80s was like one of the probably the greatest decade of music. I'm um, not gonna argue there. Yeah, it's yeah. just super diverse. And 90s too, but like, I don't know, something about the 80s, Special. it just sounded, it's just, even even when you listen to like dark music, it sounded fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It, it's, and and even when you think of like music, like, um, you know, We Are the World, you know, yeah. Michael Jackson, and you think of all of like the Quincy Jones era. Yeah. It's such a magical time and The Cure, like you, you know, you're one of your favorite bands. Yeah. The Cure, Echo and the Bunnymen, When in Rome, all of those, um, you know, Depeche Mode. And then yeah. you have The Rock that came out of like David Bowie or, you know, all of these artists that come out of the 80s is, it, it's a special time. It, yeah, it definitely was special. And not even that, like, I don't, I can't remember the time where I, I looked at like, let's say Billboard and saw, somebody who's like 50 60 years old and then somebody who's 18 like the even the age gap now it's just like everyone is getting younger and younger and younger in the music industry it's weird like you know i i, I mean yes i i know like you know like with wham and stuff like the teen pop that was the thing but then also you had stevie wonder who was older you had elton john who was older you had you had queen who were all older like we don't really have those things anymore because i feel like with time going on, we've marketed music to be younger and younger and younger as time goes on, which is crazy. So I feel like, yeah, 80s definitely was a special moment because it was it truly, really, really was diverse in that sense of just, it was about the music. Yeah. yeah. You know, which is crazy. Well, Dan Boyd, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you so please, much. Uh, reach out to me if you have a show or anything. I'd love to 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 come in. You know, if I'm in town or, or free, I would love to uh, to stop by and and witness uh, you play live. Got you. Uh, next month, I'll, I'll hit you up. Okay. Next you month. want to talk about it now? You want to? Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. I'm uh, I'm opening up for um, this artist. His name is Jimmy Brown. Um, yeah, he's he's pretty big. Uh, it's gonna be play? at seventeen twenty. I think, in downtown LA. I think downtown LA. Okay. That's yeah. a venue downtown LA next month in November. Next month, November 14th, I believe. Okay. November 14th. You're opening for yeah. Jimmy and, and Jimmy Brown. You said Jimmy Brown. Uh-huh. Is Jimmy Brown. Uh, what kind of an artist is he? He's like uh, R&B and pop. Um, I believe he's Korean. Korean. I'm not sure where he's from originally, but um, yeah, he's, you know, on the grind. For years is a really big following very cool i hope the next time we get back get you back on the podcast um there's more to talk about and more to discuss and and i love nerding out with you on music i've learned a lot thank you so much all right dad boy we'll talk soon thank you for listening to the vietnamese with kenneth win special thanks to Brittany tran to jane win Catherine win tina fam sydney jamie and christo trin please find us on instagram facebook and tiktok at the Vietnamese podcast.